Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Welcome back to Around the Writer's Table. We're glad to have you with us again. It's a really fun episode for us because this is our Spring Redux episode, which actually marks a full cycle through the seasons of uh, what we've been doing here for the past year is working through the seasons of writing, which is based on uh, Melody A. Scout's book, Soul of the Seasons. And it's really exciting that we've made it all a whole year. I'm, I'm pretty Yay. stoked about that. What, yeah, I know, right? Ah, I can't <laughs> believe it. We should have, you know, when I put this on the website, I'm going to put like a birthday hat uh, animation somewhere on oh, it yes. because I, I yeah, totally feel that that's appropriate for us. But I'm Kimbu and what we're actually going to be talking about, uh, we'll go into a little bit uh, more detail later when, when Melody starts talking about spring, is the season of new projects, of renewal and, you know, spring, green things growing up and happening. But what we're going to be focusing on is the benefits of planning things like outlines, storyboards. We're going to get into all of that. I'm a pantser, so you know this is going to be an exciting episode for me <laughs> as, I, <laughs> as I follow along <laughs> clinging to the side of the car. We're going to get to it, and I think it's going to be really helpful for um, both seasoned writers and newbies, wherever you are on your journey. We hope that we'll be able to give you some new insight and information on when you're at the stage of starting or planning to start a new project. Um, I'm here with my co-hosts, and of course, I'm Kimbu. I am a romance novelist. I've got some new things coming in the hopper we're going to be talking about in some future episodes, but I'm also a former project manager. I help writers and solopreneurs find time, mojo, and motivation to fulfill their creative dreams. And I am here today with, first off, Melody. Come on, say hi. Hey, I'm Melody, a scout, and I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons. Thank you, Melody. And that leaves us with Gina, our editor and uh, creative wellspring solopreneur. You've got so much going on, Gina. I don't even know how to describe you anymore. Who are you? What are you? What do you do? <laughs> I have no idea. No. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's great to be here this morning or this afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Um, I'm Gina Hogan-Edwards and I am an editor, a creativity coach, and a writing retreat leader, and I am also a writer. What? All writers yeah. up in here, I know. <laughs> Moving on into our special topic, which is spring and planning and outlining, I think it would be a good idea for us to do a little backpedaling. And Melody, if you could take us through spring as a special topic and kind of lead us into uh, what we're going to be talking about. I know that the original episode where we talked about string was episode four. 
give us give us an overview and give us some insight on where we're going with this this year. Thanks, Kimbu. Well, in episode four, we talked about spring being the season of new growth. And in the writing process, that's where all those little seeds that fell to the earth in wintertime and started to sprout. And while now they've popped above ground, those story ideas, those ideas for books and manuscripts and screenplays, they all popping up above ground. And it's the first draft stage, maybe even the second, where we go through. It's going through like a house on fire. We are writing. You can't stop us. It's a very exciting time. And in Five Element, the season of spring is also known for the season of planning, decision-making, and proper structure. So that's really important during this uh, season of new growth, because if you don't have some even loose structure, uh, I'm a landscaper in the plant world, if there's no structure, it is a jungle. And it's hard to get through the jungle sometimes. What, you so been in my talk. yard or something, huh? <laughs> I, yard? I actually, the yard is an oracle. Okay. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, so this is the season for nurturing our new projects. I want to talk a little bit about some of the types of planning that we can do during the season. We have outlines, which cover, you know, just in a very general topical way, the subject of your story and your characters. And um, it's, it's very brief, you know, it doesn't get, it's not like a summary, which is an, another part of planning, but it gives you a brief overview of your storyline. And then there's storyboards. Some people put their outlines up on storyboards, which are physical boards. You can do it on, you know, digitally, but physical boards also, they put it up on the wall so they can see where their story is supposed to go and what their characters are should be doing. There is another process. Uh, Kimbu introduced me to, what's the name of that free uh, program you turned me on to, Kimbu, about doing character trees? Oh, I will find it and and find it and put it in the show family notes. echo. Yes, family echo. Family echo where you can do uh, fictional family trees for uh multi-generational stories. Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What? That's what? Great. Yes. what? Did we share that with you? I guess we've been we holding not shared that yeah. with me. Cool. Oh my so gosh. Sorry. It is it is it so like most just quick as a as a quick aside most ancestry genealogy very restricted in time and play like they're about tracing your actual family tree. This is a free tool that doesn't have those restrictions on it. So you can invent characters and have a whole family tree outlined on a fictional family. So it's Okay, really- I'm there. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. And it's a really invaluable tool to me as I'm working on my next project, which is a novel, which has a lot of characters and family members that start out from, you know, the early 1900s in Prussia, and they immigrate to America. And like keeping all these characters straight was making my head explode. I totally know that I'm going to have to go back and like, oh, you call that 
uh, guy Joseph there, and then you call him George over there. You might have to <laughs> keep that straight. So oh, that's- man, that's a familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And also research, I, I wanted to include in part of this because uh, in your planning phase especially for myself personally I'm going to make a this going to be a historical novel so I need to know a little bit about what life was like back then one of the research uh, items I did it I totally love research it is so fun it's like play to me it's my fun part of writing Mm -hmm. I'm with you same yeah (laughs) You, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole with research, isn't it now? But rec- recently I did uh, some research by interviewing the mother of my sister-in-law. And her family comes from the region in, they call it Moldova now, but it was Prussia. It's the same region very near where my grandmother was born and grew up and her family came from. So that was a fun bit of research of doing an interview about her. What First it was like for her oh, that growing cool. up. That's great. Yeah. Yes. I want to know how um, editing also fits into the planning process of writing. In Gina, maybe you'd give us a little bit of feedback on this. I know how it worked for me. So what do you have to say about that? Oh, several things. Okay. So <laughs> oh, editing got her going now. That's it. We're done. <laughs> we talked about editing at length in the previous episode. It is something that new writers especially uh, forget to include in the process. It takes time. Mm-hmm. You have to allow for that. Um, please give yourself time to investigate, interview, and hire the right editor, fit that into your planning process, and do not schedule your book launch party before you even hand your manuscript off to your editor, because you're, you don't know up front how long that process is going to take. Oh, man. <laughs> Stories I could tell. Mm-mm. I could say from personal experience, don't even do it when you think you know your, your <laughs> project's going to be published, because you will be wrong. I had to do a, a book uh, appearance without my actual books, because oh. they did not come from the editor in time. Anyway. Oof. Go on. From, they had not come from the publisher. The, the publisher. Right. I'm sorry. I just had to make a clarification yes. there. Because, yes. you know, that's another thing you have to plan for is the printing time. So especially if you're mm-hmm. an indie author and you're going to do an in-person event and you need those physical books in your hand, um, mm-hmm. that's out of your control. You know, if there's a delay in shipping, if there's a delay in getting them printed, um, you're not going to know that up front. Mm-hmm. And I just want to jump in too, because uh, I, as a project manager, like this is my wheelhouse, that I think it's really important as writers, we get very focused on the writing aspect. And when you say you're, you're, you're writing a book and you're going to publish it, a lot of times we just tend to think of the writing and the editing, you know, like, okay, I guess I'll make room for editing in there too. But you really do need to think about the um, 
codicils to that, such as working with a publisher, if you're going to be getting hard copies that you want to sell either through directly through an online store or taking with you to reading live reading events. So when you were talking about planning as authors, while we are focusing mainly on the writing process, you know, Gina and, and Melody are bringing up a good point here, which is that it's more than just the writing process. Like when you're talking about an idea, if you if you're planning on just writing it and like, like I write fan fiction. So if you're just going to write something like that and then just throw it up on archive of our own, which is a fan fiction site without an editing, without anything like that, then fine. It doesn't matter. But if you're trying to get your book out there to the reading public, planning definitely includes publishing because that's a completely mm -hmm. different animal. So I just wanted to throw that in there yes. when you're thinking of the project of what a book is. Good points. Well, not only um, when it comes to editing, not only is time one of the factors that you have to consider in your planning process, but you also have to think about your budget. Uh, and that requires mm. some planning. You also need to think about the energy that it's going to take, you know, depending on what your arrangement is with your editor, uh, especially if they're planning on going through the manuscript more than once, there's going to be a lot of back and forth and there's going to be uh, mm -hmm. you know, revision time that you're going to need. And that's all going to take energy. So planning for all of those aspects of working with an editor, um, you know, you can't ignore those, those either. Absolutely. And I hired Gina as a storyline and copy editor. And that was a big investment of all three things, time, money, and energy. And rightly so. It was a big project. And it was very much worth it to me, considered it, it as an investment in my work. But it definitely takes some planning, especially if you have a regular job, like most <laughs> folks do, uh, or irregular job. And you need mm -hmm. to earn money or you have a family and all the things that need also your time, attention, and money. So, Kimbu, I'm uh, interested in knowing as a self-professed pantser, oh, how, no. <laughs> how does planning factor into your work? So, I think one of the things that I've, when I say pantser, I, I do mean I am an extreme pantser. I do not like using outlines. I do not like story summaries. I do not do character sheets. Uh, a running joke, which I believe I mentioned here on the podcast before, is that I don't even know what I'm writing until I'm 30,000 words into a project. Like I, I begin with the spark of an idea. I'm a very intuitive writer. So a lot of people think that there's no planning there whatsoever. But the fact is, if you know who you are and what you are as a writer, you plan for that. So I plan on being a pantser. I plan on the fact that I'm going to go through uh, different stages of developing the story. So when I'm planning, I account for that. And one of the things that I personally do is when I get to that point where I finally figured out what the story is about and what the characters are doing, that's when I sit down and start thinking more in terms of an outline. I really don't create a, a strict outline of where I'm going, but I do sit down 
and create an outline of where I've been. And that gives me a very high level view of what I'm doing so that I know I can move into the next stage of figuring it out. Another thing that I tend to do that helps as far as planning goes, and I think to me personally fits in the, uh, the, the planning umbrella is that I often create story Bibles or which is what they're called, which is basically an ongoing uh, encyclopedia, if you will, of who all the characters are and where, what all the places are and where things happen. And doing this helps me move through the story because I'm not caught on things that happened in the past that I don't remember in the story. Because like, as I said, as I'm, I'm a pantser, so I'm not, I don't have an outline to guide me through those things. I will be 70,000 words into a story and go like, oh, wait, what was this character's hometown? And what is important about that home, hometown to his backstory? And I will go back and look at that and then suddenly be inspired and find something about that little seed I planted, you know, 40,000 words earlier and it's coming to fruition and I can do that because I'm planning knowing that I'm going to be going in and out of this story and the structural things that I'm doing to support me in planning it. So, uh, you know, it's a planning. Yes. It's, it's not planning in the, the sense that, you know, if you buy how to write a novel book, it's n nothing I do would be recommended in that book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it works for me it's a, it's a hard one process that I'm still fine-tuning uh, as far as I'm getting into it now so I, I I am a pantser but I plan to be a pantser and I think that's an important thing if you are an intuitive writer or you are a pantser of any kind anywhere on the spectrum because it's not a yes or no type of thing but if you're anywhere on that intuitive spectrum uh definitely be aware of it plan for that that's an important part of it i think that's such a good information because i have to say i consider myself a bit of a pantser as well i was writing my first novel uh 350 pages which never saw the light of day by the way but it was a good experience but i was totally pantsing it just flying along and somebody suggested do you have an outline do you have a storyboard i'm like i would have to know what my characters are gonna do if i <laughs> if yeah. i had that yeah. and i yeah. didn't you know they were telling me as we went along what they mm -hmm. were going to do and to me, I think that's actually a great state of mind in the very first draft when things are popping uh, to not put too tight a rein on your characters, at least in fiction. If you're writing nonfiction or something historical, then you're going to have to have some structure. Otherwise, it's not going to be really historical or nonfiction. <laughs> it's just going to be your story. So... I found now with the novel that I'm writing, and certainly with Soul of the Seasons, it had to be very specific in its structure. Mm -hmm. So I did, in a in a way, it the outline was already created for me in the five, five elements. Now with my historical novel, it's going to be uh, essential. I've already started to have that outline and planning and storyboards and family echo tree because it's not only following the characters which i'm pansing it with the characters and what they're telling me but it has to match in with what's going on in history at the time mm 
mm-hmm. both in Prussia and in the U.S. And it has to follow family lines in a way, in a, a sort of a loose structure. It's patterned after my grandparent, my grandmother that immigrated in 1903 and settled in South Dakota. So I need some structure. So outline storyboards, character trees, that's becoming more important to me during this process and during this project. So I would like to know from each of you, and let's start with Gina first, how does planning, the planning part of your writing process, help or hinder your writing? This is a very timely question for me, and I appreciate the value of it because I'm in a major shift right now to focus more closely on my writing. And what I'm realizing is that even though I've never considered myself a pantser because I do like to start with some structure, that when I have written short stories in the past, the short stories, I was a pantser. Mm, Interesting. Working on my... Yeah, working on my longer pieces, though, uh, specifically on the novel that I have in, in, in process right now, is, uh, you know, I needed very much like you were talking, Melody, I needed some structure because it is historical and I was going to be weaving in some, you know, actual historical events and there were things that culturally were time are, t- are timely. And so um, I think that What I have seen as an editor working with new writers is new writers seem to crave structure. Mm -hmm. You know, the great thing about writing fiction is that we can make everything up, but it also feels totally unconstrained and boundless. And when that happens, sometimes our ideas could just be all over the place and there's no, Mm. no containers for them. And that can be overwhelming to a new writer. And so what I see from a lot of new writers is them wanting some sort of structure. Mm -hmm. And whether that's an outline or a summary, you know, that's going to depend on the writer, of course. And even though I outlined my novel near the beginning, it was a very loose outline in terms, it was more like a summary of scenes, really, than an outline. I know a lot of people cringe at the word outline because it makes them think about school. But um, it was very loosely structured and... (laughs) I have given myself more and more permission as I become a better writer to deviate from that outline and to follow my intuition. Um, character profiles help me a lot because, again, all those details, keeping track of those things. And most recently, because I've had this flood of ideas beyond the current work in progress, is I've been working with Scrivener to give me some planning and structure. Mm. And Mm. I really feel like it's going to help me be able to work on more than one project at a time, which, as we know, as writers, there's never enough time to get everything written that we want to write. And so I think Scrivener is going to help me with the organization piece. Um, But as far as, as whether planning helps or hinders, I really think for me, it depends on what I'm working on. Like I said, the short stories, I think I'm, I'm, more of a pantser, but with the, with the longer pieces, I need some sort of organization and structure in the beginning, but I like to be very flexible with that. 
give myself permission to deviate. I, I'm just I'm just gonna marvel for a second because as you were talking, I realized I'm exactly the reverse. If I'm writing a short story, I have to know the beats. I have to know exactly what's gonna happen down to the paragraph line. If I'm gonna write a short story, I have to have a very precise outline. And I had not really thought about that until you were talking about how it's you pants your short story. I cannot do that because I am by nature an epic writer. So I spiral things out. I'm always adding things in. And so my historically, when I try to write short stories to constrain them, to keep them ballooning from 3000 words to, you know, 70,000 words. Yeah. Right. Like it's happened. It's happened. And, and so, but if I want to write a a traditional short story, less than 5,000 words, I have to have an outline. I can't not because otherwise I'm just off the chain. So I hadn't really thought about that before until you mentioned it, Gina, but that is exactly, that is, we're, we're both reversed, but I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. That's fascinating. I hadn't thought about it. Hmm. It just Hmm. goes to show you, you really have to learn your process, you know, as you write more and more, you're going to start to recognize things that come up for you again and again, and start to notice those patterns so that you know how to treat yourself. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I just also want to break in here really quickly because you mentioned tools. And of course, as a techie, you know, my heart goes out to all the the tools that we use. Scrivener is a great option. There are others like Novor Mm -hmm. and um, at the ranch. There's one that's like ranch themed, camp themed. Oh, camp writing, camp novel, I think. Um, campfire that's it um Ah. there's lots of tools out there that our readers really should investigate to find the one that works for them but having something where you can move scenes around where you can have things connected um, to character sheets and and things that you're creating can really help with the planning process and the writing process so really highly recommend you know I understand that a lot of writers do like their first draft to be handwritten and that's fine. I don't understand your world view at all, but if that's what you do, that's fine. Uh, uh, but when you get to the point where you're, you're doing more organization, look at these kind of digital tools and see the, how they can help you because just throwing something into say Google docs or Microsoft word or office Libra that, that might seem like the easiest solution, but when it comes down to planning and shuffling things around and linking things up together so you can see the whole picture, there are better tools out there. So mm, keep that in mind. That's a really good point. So Gina, I can't remember, did you talk any about whether planning hinders your writing in any way that you've noticed? I, I think that I am at the point now as a writer that I don't allow it to hinder me. You know, mm-hmm. if I've created an outline that is too rigid, I give myself permission to break from it. I'm not going to try to, you know, stick within that outline. But, uh, you know, it's hard when you've written so long to go back and think about what it was like when you were a new writer. Uh, I really think that the, the outlining process helped me a lot as a new writer and I'm needing it less and less the more experience that I get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of seen that play out with some of my clients, too. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know that this never happens with me personally because I never go overboard on the planning part. I'm too much a pantser for that. Uh, but I have a friend who had loves to plan. Oh, my gosh. She's a teacher. She loves to plan. And she planned her 
um, summer off by and and made a world map uh, to in each of the countries represented a specific project she wanted to do and they were all color coded and very detailed and she put it up in them all and it was beautiful and she spent so much time planning she didn't have much time to actually do the things mm. she had <laughs> planned for so I personally don't do that but I can easily go down the rabbit hole of research and dig up Ooh, let's this and this leads to that and oh my gosh you know that cruise ship has so many levels and let's look at other cruise ships you know sort of thing that I personally have a challenge with in my writing process is to stay focused to come back that's fun. It probably all lends to the flavor and color of the story, but come back again to the storyline. I think that most most writers are curios- curious, <laughs> and that yes. curiosity can get us in trouble sometimes. Although Absolutely. I do, I do think you're bringing up one of the the, and I deal with this with my clients in um, project management coaching, uh, productivity coaching is that they will spend so much time planning and doing that it's a very good excuse not to do. And I, I think we've all met writers who do that sometimes. They spend so much time trying to find the perfect good outline point. or the perfect, you know, the perfect beats, you know, in, or something like that, or the perfect opening. And they just, they spend so much time at the planning stage like you were talking about gardening earlier, it's like you're planning to put the garden and you put all the stakes out, but then you never put the seeds in. It's, it's, it's not how it works. I think planning can be a great route to procrastinate. I mean, I hate to say it. But oh, it's you're yeah, that. Yes, you're right. Mm. Yes. Nah. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, Melody said no. So obviously I'm completely wrong. And, <laughs> uh, and, and conversely, no planning at all, mm. which in the beginning when I was first writing, I was, you know, allergic to any sort of structure planning ideas. I couldn't even have the concept of writing a short story. Uh, I used to have a t-shirt that said, help, I'm writing and I can't get up. It was <laughs> like, I, I can't shut up was actually more like it. So I... I totally understand that. And it's too diffuse when there is at least not a gentle structure. It could Mm. go off into never, never land with your characters and your storyline. Gina taught me something really good when I had like a, the hundred pages of excess that needed to be trimmed. She said, it's never wasted. Save it. You may want to develop Mm -hmm. that later on. It may have its own life. So that would be what I would offer. And you so, know, that's, that's another valid reason to get the right tools. Because if you have something like mm-hmm. Scrivener, you have something like Novel, or you can just take those scenes and tuck them into a folder in the, in the app and, and be able to come back to it later. And, you know, that's proven to be invaluable for me, honestly. Absolutely. So Kimbu, how does planning or how has planning helped or hindered your writing process? Uh, well, until I got to the point where I understood that I needed to plan to be a pantser, it was really a hindrance because I really thought that 
I needed to have an outline. I needed to have a summary. And what I would do is I would write out, I, I actually lost a couple of stories this way. I would write out a full outline the way the books told me. Um, this was when I was a very young writer and I was just getting my feet wet on writing longer stories. And then my brain would just go, okay, well, you're done now. You, you outlined it. You told the story. You're, you can't, like I would, I couldn't even write it. Um, so in that sense, I learned that planning can be a real hindrance for me at that level. If I'm planning it the way someone else has told me to plan it, which I think circles back around to what Gina was saying, you know, know thyself, know, know what mm -hmm. kind of writer you are, learn what kind of writer you are, experiment. Like now I know that mm -hmm. I had to go through that process, uh, but uh, figure out where you're at as a, as, as a writer, as a person, um, or you will end up, yeah, kind of getting in your own way. So it, it has been, it has been in the past. I guess like as with Gina, I'm now at the point where I can say, okay, this is how I do things. This is, I can plan to do it this way. And so now planning has become my friend, but planning mm -hmm. on my own terms, trying to plan by somebody else's uh, instructions, uh, very educational, <laughs> not really mm -hmm. as helpful as it could have been. So. Yeah. Related to what Melody was saying about, you know, no words on the page are wasted. I think that a lot of writers get stuck in wanting to know that the process they're doing is right. And if mm -hmm. it's not, that they don't want to do it. And so what you said about be, being willing to experiment, there's no experimentation in your writing process that is wasted either. Um, mm. A lot of writers will hold back and just not start because they're afraid that that process might not be the right process for them. And so they don't experiment and then they never get anything written. Um, yeah. So so be willing to experiment. That's a great tip, Kimbu. And that shows the value of a, having a writing coach as well, because maybe there's an appropriate time for each of those things. But your writing coach will, will keep you focused on when is the right time to be thinking about that. You know, if I am I doing this right is not something to be considered so much in the first or second draft. That's more about getting the story out on the page. Mm -hmm. But you may focus on that a little more, scrutinize that a little more intensely when you get to your final draft. And does this match up with what my vision for my project, writing project is? And I love Kimbu's idea of pushing the edges on this. And if you're a super planner, try starting a small project without any plans at all. See what that mm -hmm. feels like. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun <laughs> is right. Uh and if you're a real pantser, 100%, try a little structure there. See what happens when you write a rough outline. What happens with your characters? What happens with your storyline? Can you get to the point where you've said, okay, I've outlined the creativity right out of this story. So too much. <laughs> uh, it's good to find that balance. And for each of us, it's going to be different. And it's going to be different at each phase of the process. Well, this has been a really fascinating subject, and we could absolutely go on and on, but now we're going to... Uh, I think we did. Uh, 
<laughs> Technically, per usual, per usual. But in our next episode is actually tied up with this subject of planning because Jean is going to talk about her creative cycle, which is so fascinating to me. Gina, can you give uh, um, an outline <laughs> overview <laughs> uh, of your creative cycle process? Yes, just briefly, because we're going to spend our next episode diving more into a, a big overview of this. But um, what we're going to talk about over the next um, basically 10, 10, 12 months or so is each phase of the creative cycle. And this cycle is something that I've come up with from observing my own clients and their creative process as well as my own. And it will take us all the way from what I like to call inner disquiet, which is when we have this longing to be creative and yet we are not leaning into that all the way through the various stages of, you know, experimenting and taking ownership of our voice and seeing what feels authentic or not and uh, recognizing who in our world supports us and who doesn't, um, integrating our voice into the work that we do and dedicating ourselves at a deeper level. And then what happens when we start reaching our goals um, you know, what happens when we've got gazillions of ideas percolating and we can't focus on any one? Or what happens when we actually complete uh, a creative project? And how sometimes we can sit in one stage for a great length of time. Sometimes we can revisit a stage over and over and over again, or several stages over and over again. So those are all the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about in future months. And so join us on our next episode when I'll go into um, a greater overview and then lay out what we're going to be doing in the future with that creative cycle. Thanks, yes. Gina. I'm excited about it because Definitely. I think and we'll also be talking about how Gina's creative cycle ties into the seasons of the writing process. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm gonna bring it all together, baby. Bring it all together. So yeah. <laughs> but that's it for this episode. We're uh, really happy that you joined us for this one. We've talked about a lot of things. You might need to listen to this one twice because we covered a lot <laughs> of bases on that. Please visit our website. Um, we are going to have uh, we have a overview of spring that we used uh, for episode four. I'll repost that so that it's available for download so you have a reference for it. Uh, leave a comment at our website. We have a comment form there that you can use. Check us out on whatever distribution platform, as I call them, as Spotify and um, Stitcher and Apple podcast. We're on all of those platforms. So check us out there. Leave us a review that helps with the algorithm to find us and get the word out. And we'd really appreciate it too. So, you know, thumbs up or a star or whatever the heck, whichever platform has for you to encourage people to listen to this podcast. If you found it helpful, share it around. So thank you very much. This is Kim Boo signing off. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for sharing your time with us. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. 
please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheridertstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheridertstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time.